Hey everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. As always, my name is Mung Sung. Hey everybody, week 11, uh, almost in the books. It's it's your boy, the Los, uh, ready to talk some fantasy football. Uh, go over some stuff we've seen, some things we haven't seen. Crazy week, crazy week. You know, this this is why we handcuff. Yeah, um, and uh, we're going to cop out because uh, a lot of our predictions are wrong, but they were because of crazy injuries that nobody could have predict- predicted. So, uh, it technically, wasn't my fault. Yeah, technically, uh, we, we did all right if, if everyone would have stayed healthy and, you know, done exactly what we'd have said. Yeah, see? So there. So there, fantasy world. There, addicts. Remain your faith. Hey, I mean, let, let, let's be honest here. Uh, you listen for the entertainment and then, you know, the enjoyment of listening. You think we're entertaining, huh? Uh, well, at least I am. I don't know about Los. Yeah. All right. So Thursday night football. Yeah. Um, just a terrible, terrible game. Uh, Tennessee at Jacksonville. If you watched any of this game, I'm sorry. You'll never get that time back. I um, love football, but I, I actually admittedly did fall asleep during this game. <laughs> uh, I, you know, yeah. I, I don't blame you. Um, yeah. Pretty pretty rough game here for Marcus Mariota. Uh, he's still kind of an unreliable QB, too. You'd think he'd have you know, a, a decent showing against a not very good Jacksonville defense, but that wasn't the case here. Um, I mean, in terms of his weapons, I understand that he's lacking with uh, Kendall Wright out still from that MCL sprain, but uh, you know Antonio Andrews is doing okay as a flex, maybe a low end RB two simply due to the volume. Uh, they tried to get David Cobb his first touches here, um, but he had four carries for negative three yards. Um, you know if you have the bench space, you can hold him. Uh, I, I do think they're going to try and get him more involved, but I think for now, uh, if if he needs to, you can drop him because it's clearly they they are favoring Antonio Andrews as their guy right now. Yeah, I'm not trying to see him in my lineup at all. Uh, I, I'm really trying to avoid Andrews, too, if I can. Um, he has a little bit, very, very little PPR upside, especially because they're going to be, you know, playing from behind in so many of these games. Next week in Oakland, don't love that matchup either, really. But, you know, I mean, the, the Titans are the Titans. Well, honestly, the only reason I, I kind of like Andrews is because McCluster also got hurt in this game. Uh, so with him out, it, it might just be a lot of Andrews uh, in, against Oakland. Yeah. Uh, in terms of these wide receivers, again, Delaney Walker, you're putting him in your lineup. You're you're happy with his results. Uh, nobody else here. I mean, Doriel Green Beckham finally, I guess, is coming on. Uh, I think he's had his most targets to date, possibly his most catches to date with three and six. Uh, not respectively, because I said them in reverse. But either way, I'm not excited about him anymore. I used to be, but, you know. You know, I mean, he's definitely trending in the right direction. Uh, As you mentioned, he did have, uh, you know, a decent amount of targets here uh, despite his low production. So he's he's another guy to continue to monitor, but certainly you're not starting him with confidence right now. Yeah, he just had a better matchup. Maybe everybody sort of thought this was like a boring Thursday night, including the guys on the field and just didn't really show up. Well, I I just say that because at least DJB is at least getting more playing time than Devontae Parker. So that's saying something. He's the only one I want, even with Britt start of uh, coming back off the off the injury. Yeah, and then uh, on the other hand, here uh, also not a great game for Blake Bortles, who really had one of his worst games of the year. Uh, you know, generally speaking, he's produced whether it's in garbage time or actually playing well. 
Um, but regardless, uh, he still does have a beautiful playoff schedule. He gets Indy, Atlanta, at home in weeks 14 and 15, and then week 16, uh, he goes to New Orleans. So certainly uh, still, still a nice QB1 here for me uh, down the stretch. Yeah, anybody can throw up a stinker. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Nice matchups, good matchup play. Uh, everybody sort of really was sleeping this game, except Allen Robinson, 113 yards, no touchdowns, but still a nice day from him. Yeah, and we saw Alan Hearns' uh, touchdown streak end here with a, a rough night as well. But uh, again, not too worried. I don't think it's really related to that groin injury. Uh, it was certainly, he was playing through it before, and I don't, I don't know that that's what was limiting him in this game. I think it was just a brutal Thursday night matchup. You're slotting him in your lineups this coming week against San Diego if he's healthy. Yeah, and we saw a little bit of Julius Thomas finally showing up here, um, but I need to see more before I, I pick him up off the waiver wire. He's just still a tight end, too, right now. Um, more interesting, though, is uh, TJ Yeldon here. Expected more for him, and again, I think it was just a bad game, weird, and he's still definitely a running back, too, for me, simply based on the pure volume of touches that he gets. Yeah, definitely. He gets, all, he gets the majority of the carries, I guess. Uh, Robinson cut in a little more than we, than he should have, but Yeldon still coming back off the injury. It, I I think he'll be fine next week against San Diego. Expect better going forward. Yeah, I think uh, the San Diego matchup's going to be pretty good. They've been yeah, it'll let, it, let everybody wake up. Yeah. Um. So let let's talk about the next game here. Also, a pretty terrible game. Uh, Oakland at Detroit here. Um. This is the first time we've really seen Derek Carr stumble. Um. And is this because the Detroit defense has actually woken up and is kind of like Houston and then just playing well? Sure. Sure. Rising like the Phoenix getting in his face. I think this is a little bit of that and a little bit of Oakland being Oakland. I mean, they can't be great every week, right? And as a matter of fact, they're usually great. No weeks. So we've gotten some, uh, some good things out of them. I, I think they're going to be fine against Tennessee. I, I'm not backing off any of my predictions on these guys. Of course, Crabtree uh, Cooper, especially did not help you out with your weeks whatsoever. Um, but Carr, Carr, Crabtree, Cooper, I'm fine with going forward. Um, it's the running game I'm a little more concerned about. Uh, Murray's still getting, the, still getting the carries, but he has not been uh, the top back that he was earlier this season. Yeah, Latavius Murray salvaged his day here with a touchdown, but not, not a great game for him in general. Um, again, I still think kind of like DJ Yeldon, simply due to the volume, uh, no one's really challenging him for touches in this backfield. He's still an RB2 for me. Um, interesting to note here that J- Jamiz, Jamiz Olawale, I don't even know how you say his name, really. <laughs> Jave is. J- <laughs> yeah. Java. Java is. Well, it's hold a, on. There's like, no there's no like, apostrophe like. in his name, though, so we gotta we got to break it down here. Oh, um, well, we'll Jay look the, it up on like J- dictionary.com or like ancestry.com or something after this, uh, this podcast, <laughs> but, uh, either way, uh, Olawale here, um, he seems to have somehow come out on top with the backup role. Uh, he was the second running back in this game. Uh, just something to watch in, in case anything happens to Murray, as we've seen the, this week and the last few weeks, uh, a lot of, a lot of players going down. So always good to know the handcuff situation. Yeah, I, I don't know that he's a worthwhile handcuff. I know we, this is why we handcuff our players, but I don't really think the Oakland running back situation is worth handcuffing. It's going to be Reese Alawale. They're not a good enough team as to where the, I think having their backup running back is a pure necessity. Sure. Just wanted to mention a, a, you know, a new name cropped up in addition to Taiwan Jones and Marcel Reese. Sure. Uh, Speaking of which we've seen Roy Hulu completely disappear yet again, just FYI. 
uh, definitely dropping him if for some reason you're holding on, even in the deepest of leagues. Um, so again, I, I agree in general that I think Carr and Cooper and Crabtree uh, are all going to bounce back, but I just want to note here that Oakland does face Kansas City and Denver in weeks 13 and 14. Uh, certainly not loving those matchups right now. Uh, we've seen that a really good defense can shut down their kind of high-flying offense, uh, so definitely something to consider if uh, you know, you're You've got a pretty good record, and you're going to make the playoffs. Casey's coming on strong. Yeah, and on the other hand here, uh, Detroit, uh, Stafford wasn't great either, but he hasn't been for a while. You know, He's a kind of a matchup-dependent QB, too. He did get that rushing touchdown, which helped his numbers. Uh, more interesting to note here, uh, Mir Abdullah led the team in carries. Um, he, I think he's actually worth a waiver wire pickup if uh, you know he was dropped in the last few weeks after doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, if he's unowned, he he does need to be owned in the leagues. But at the end of this season, the uh, this team's you know gonna want to be wow. This team wants to see what they got in this uh, in this guy that when they drafted them is this year. His legs are fresher than Bell for sure. Um, Riddick is not their future. They got to see what they've got in this kid. Yeah, and I, I do think that Jim Bob Cooter here helps. Uh, obviously, he's not a wizard. He can't just wave a wand and you know fix all their offensive line issues. But uh, I think he's got the right approach where he's phasing out Joyke Bell. Um, still still getting a lot of work for uh, Theo Riddick, especially in the passing game. I, I still think he's the guy right now, but we'll see about Amir Abdullah. He, he might be uh, you know contending for that spot soon. Yeah, another solid PPR day for Riddick. Uh, got to start him in PPR. Um, got to own him, of course. Uh, Joyke Bell, yeah. There's nothing to say about Joyke Bell other than I hope you didn't draft him, <laughs> like you did. Yeah, like like I did. So Calvin here, um, I, I think he'll be a decent wide receiver to play going forward. I, I think his dominant wide receiver one days may be behind him at this point. Um, and then Golden yeah. Tate still, you know, wide receiver three, wide receiver four. He'll have some big games and then he'll disappear for a few. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Ebron here putting up a big fat bagel too. Oh my gosh, what a disappointment! I'm sorry. Yeah, he's actually, uh, I believe it's per ESPN stats and info, or, or somebody uh, on Twitter tweeted this out earlier. Uh, credit to whoever that was. I, I think he's actually sixth in terms of tight end drops this season, despite only being targeted as the 23rd most targets for a tight end. Well, at least he's consistent. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, he did drop, you know, a, a pretty easy touchdown grab here in the end zone. Uh, kind of a yeah, rough game killing. for Ebron. Um, again, still though, uh, Matt, Matthew Stafford has shown that he likes going to Ebron in the red zone and the end zone. Uh, he's still a tight end too for me. He'll he'll have some decent games if he can, you know, get get the score. If he could play with a little bit of consistency, well, he's playing with consistency. If he, if he could play with a little more inconsistency and maybe catch some balls. Well, if uh, if they could be better, they wouldn't be the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of uh, Indianapolis at Atlanta, can you believe that Matt Hasselbeck has a better winning record than Andrew Luck this year? How how crazy is that? It's not even close. I, I, I think they should just cut this, this Luck loser and just go with Hasselbeck as the future. <laughs> Matt Hasselbeck, new franchise quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. I'd be um, fine with it. I mean, <laughs> I am still bitter at the Colts over that 06 season, I guess. But uh, I'd like to see I'd like to see him be their starter going forward. Yeah, I mean, at least in terms of fantasy, Hasselbeck, um, Gore, just leading the team. <laughs> it'll be the uh, it'll be the retirement party team. That's right. 
Um, but in terms of fantasy, I do think that Matt Hasselbeck can be a decent matchup dependent QB two. Uh, obviously, Atlanta's defense not the not the best here. Uh, you know, made Blaine Gabbert look like Aaron Rodgers. But um, uh, I think I do think that Hasselbeck is is a plug and play, or sorry, not a plug and play, a, a streaming QB. If uh, that that's been your strategy this year, um, you did mention Frank Gore. He did briefly leave this game with a minor knee injury. Uh, it sounds like he's supposed to be okay, but certainly. Uh, worth checking his practice status this week if not Ahmad Bradshaw would be a huge pickup yeah how about Bradshaw vulturing gore yeah I think this is one of those cases where more more than having value himself uh, Bradshaw is just kind of taking away value for both uh, both running backs here and especially if gore does miss any time I I do think I'd prefer to pick up Ahmad Bradshaw and PPR but I do think that Zerlon Tipton would be involved as well Sure. Uh, I, I think probably as long as Hasselbeck's the quarterback here, Bradshaw's going to maintain value. Yeah, and uh, speaking of uh, while Hasselbeck is quarterback, uh, it seems like it's going to be kind of a wide receiver roulette in Indy with Hasselbeck. Uh, I mean, if you own T.Y. Hilton, you, you probably don't have better options, but as of right now, he's no longer you know the top 15 wide receiver he was last year. He's definitely a boom or bust wide receiver three, I'd say. Yeah, it's it's pure matchup. Um I think he might have a decent week this week against Tampa Bay. Uh, I think he and Moncrief both might have nice weeks against Tampa Bay, but uh, yeah, it, it's pure, it's pure matchup dependent. He's no longer a lock. He's definitely not uh, like a high end wide receiver too. Like he was drafted. Yeah. I do think that Hilton was being covered by Desmond Trufant uh, quite a bit in this game. So that certainly didn't help um, yeah. in terms of the tight ends. Uh, I think it's Kobe Fleener over Dwayne Allen now, but uh, you know, Again, you're not starting either of them with confidence. They're both just tight end twos and maybe not even tight end two for Dwayne Allen, probably tight end three. Yeah. Um, so on the other hand here, Matt Ryan, uh, he seems to have regressed as the seasons continued. We we saw him start off strong in, in week one, just driving down the field, almost unstoppable, but um, you know, certainly uh, lost his team the game here with uh, a couple big picks. But uh, fantasy-wise, uh, the volume and the touchdowns are still there. Um, but clearly, he misses Devontae Freeman uh, as a receiver in this game. He just—I don't—I don't know what was going on, especially on that one uh, pick six that he threw out of his own end zone. Um, too many interceptions. I mean, the one uh, th- that one—I hope you know—didn't kill any of your fantasy teams. That end of the game uh, bomb that could have been, you know, eight, eight, or uh, what would it have been? Yeah, it could have been like six points to you for no, it would have been more like seven, eight. I don't know, whatever. It w- could have been a bunch of points to you if you uh, if you had Ryan thrown to uh, Julio Jones, but instead it got picked. They they should just like disqualify those from fantasy. The hail mary plays, I think. I don't know. <laughs> or the kneel downs. Uh, you know, some people lose big money on. Oh on those yeah, those are terrible. Negative you, one you yard. Drop to a minus point. You drop down a point because they took a knee for uh, minus two. Yeah. Um. So speaking of, uh, Devontae Freeman got concussed in this game. Uh, certainly hasn't been a recurring issue for him, and it, it sounds like the prognosis has been good. Um, so hopefully he'll be ready to suit up Sunday. If not, Tevin Coleman uh, didn't look great here, but I think he's still worth a, a low RB2 start simply in that offense if Freeman can't go. I mean, he'll still <laughs> yeah, see goal line Yeah, this is the sort of guy carries. where I think his, his lack of production in this game is going to make it make him available for people with lower waiver wire uh, priorities. Um, this is a guy, don't get me wrong. He needs to be owned. Uh, anybody that's pretty much anybody that's going to be a, a main featured running back in the NFL needs to be owned, obviously, especially one 
that's playing in this offense. Uh, Ryan hasn't been great as of late, but anytime, you know, uh, Julio Jones could get tackled at the two, two yard line, one yard line, as we see happen to Calvin Johnson, pretty much all the time, you can expect that to be an easy six points for Tevin Coleman. Yeah. And, uh, just, uh, pointing out here that uh, the reports out, out of Atlanta have been pretty positive also for Teron Ward, uh, their number three running back. Uh, just just an FYI and, and possibly deeper leagues. Uh, I do think Coleman will get the majority of the work if Freeman can't go. Um, on the receiver side, uh, Julio is Julio. He, he looks healthy. He looks just dominant out there right now. Um, certainly a, a wide receiver one. Not much else to say there. Um, but outside of Julio, you really can't trust any of the receiving options right now. I mean, Leonard Hankerson got that touchdown, but uh, I mean, how, that's... About, how much fab budget would you spend on Phil DeMarco? Oh, uh, <laughs> Patrick DeMarco. Uh, Patrick DeMarco. Uh, can I answer your your question with another question? How much would you spend on Kyle Yushek? Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, Roddy White and uh, Leonard Hankerson and Justin Hardy, you really can't rely on any of them. And Jacob Tammy, uh, he's going to be another one of those boomer bust tight end twos. Uh, it just depends what the defense is going to, you know, give Matt Ryan. Yeah, I still like Hankerson as a contrarian play. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a, probably like a low to mid wide receiver three for me in season long. Yeah, but he's always going to be cheap. Sure, that's true. Um, I, I mean, basically, you're banking on a touchdown from him if if they cover Julio. Yeah, essentially. Maybe not this week against Minnesota, but, you know. Yeah, although we did see them stumble a little bit uh, this week as well. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but the next game on the slate here, the New York Jets at the Houston Texans, and Houston looks rejuvenated. Um, they picked off Fitzpatrick a number of times in this game. Uh, of course, Fitzpatrick is still a fine QB, too. It, it seems like his floor every week has been about 14 points, so certainly, uh, hopefully, hasn't really lost you any weeks, so to speak. Um, but uh, for the running backs here, again, uh, the workload seems to be shifting. Chris Ivory uh, had a down game due to the game script actually being down to Houston, um, but certainly Bilal Powell has been stealing a lot of third-down work and some carries as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh- just really the run game never really got on board here. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick with 40 attempts and five rushes. Uh, those rushes aren't designed rushes for the most part with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So he was throwing the ball a ton. Um, it's going to be hard for Chris Ivory, no matter what the work split, uh, for him to be very productive. If they're only running the football designed runs to the running back, what 15 times. Yeah. You know, I do think that Bilal Powell is worth a pickup as a flex if you're desperate. I think in PPR, he's going to be a decent play. Um, But on the receiver side, uh, Brandon Marshall, uh, we've seen that he's getting slowed down a little bit by injuries. Um, Certainly, uh, you know, hasn't been producing as he did the first few weeks before defenses started rolling coverages really his way. And it's freed up Eric Decker. Um, I think he's a wide receiver too, as kind of the new favorite mark, excuse me, the new favorite target with Marshall uh, kind of being covered so well. Yeah. I, I actually see this next week coming, uh, coming to be a uh, Chris Ivory sort of resurgence going out there against Miami. Um, I think it'll be a nice day for Fitz for Fitz Ivory uh, Marshall and Decker. I would fade Powell fade your expectations on him this next week. Yeah, um, I, I could see that. Um, on the other side, I here, think the Jets are going to eat him alive. Are going to eat Tannehill alive? Um, 
I don't know. I think it'll be a relatively close game. I think both teams have been struggling as of late, so... Oh, I think they'll beat them by a touchdown. Yeah, but not by, like, you know, three three scores or anything like that, certainly. Um, okay, all right. I just think it's going to be a relatively close game, especially with divisional games. Uh, things can, things are hard to predict with uh, the di- divisional rivalries. It's true, but have you seen how bad Miami's looking now? Yeah, I mean... Uh, but at the same time, Miami crushed Houston, which the Jets just lost to. So who knows? Yeah, but this is more recency. by OK, never mind. Back to the Houston Texans. <laughs> Are we done with the Jets? There's uh, nothing going on at tight end. Certainly um, not. Uh, Devin Smith. Yeah, he, he's a dynasty play. He'll he'll improve. Um, you know who else had a lot of big drops his rookie year? Terrell Owens. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um. But on the Houston side here, TJ Yates actually played pretty well, uh, but it sounds like Brian Hoyer will be starting again this coming week. Um, and, and again, he's certainly not a terrible fantasy quarterback down the stretch. He gets New England and Indy and Tennessee in weeks 14 and 16. Could certainly see some good production against those defenses. I think the question's finally answered as uh, which running back it is. Um, the answer before was Al Blue. The answer's still Al Blue. Uh, still not excited about him. No. Uh, his day was kind of saved by that receiving touchdown. He's still yeah. just a, a flex play week to week for me. Um, although, although he gets more exciting with all these recent running back injuries. Yeah, I mean, I, I, basically you've you've locked down your season if if you've just avoided injuries. Even if you had mediocre, you know, running backs, if if they're healthy and on the field, you're probably you're probably doing pretty well in your league. Yeah, that's a that's a solid way to win a fantasy season. Um, all the, all this said, Blue is playing against the Saints next week. Uh, I don't know if a new defensive coordinator could come in and change all that much all that quickly. I would play Blue. Yeah, um, and you're probably also doing pretty well in your league if you own DeAndre Hopkins, who is oh, just yeah. an elite, elite stud wide receiver for this year, next year. Uh, you know, he's probably a top five overall pick now in Dynasty startups. Um, he burned Revis a few times, even before Revis's injury. So uh, DeAndre Hopkins, clearly a plug and play. Um, on the other hand, we've seen that Shorts and uh, Nate Washington both pretty unusable unless you know one or the other kind of misses time with injury. Plus, with the Houston defense playing a lot better, there there hasn't been as, as many garbage time points to go around. Hey, I told you Shorts was the guy, though. Beat him by, by what, four whole points? Yeah, no, very true. Um, but again, I, I do think that those like 18, 19-point garbage time games are, are kind of... Uh, in the rearview mirror for the time being, especially with Jadavian Clowney kind of coming on a little bit. Yep. Um, speaking of, I do think the Houston defense is worth a pickup off the waiver waiver wire. Um, if if you've been streaming them, they've been doing pretty well the last few weeks, and I think they're now a, a hold defense and just play them the rest of the season until they show us otherwise. Sure. All right, so the next game we're going to cover here uh, is actually a fun one, not a terrible game. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks at Philadelphia Eagles. Jameis Winston just lighting it up. Yeah, he was putting up the sort of numbers that Chip Kelly was expecting to put up this year. <laughs> well said. Um, yeah. You know, I ended up streaming him in a couple leagues. Certainly worked out. Excuse you were right. Me. Very good call last week. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess who he gets in week 14? New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. So for the first week of that fantasy playoffs, if you're, if you're stashing... Uh, if you're trying to stash a QB, uh, Jameis Winston could be it. 
even this next week, Indianapolis with uh, with Vontae Davis banged up could be another big week for him. Yeah, uh, you can certainly ride him for the next couple weeks, and it could very well work out for you. Uh, he seems to be making fewer poor decisions. Did have a an easy pick uh, that the defense just dropped here. I, I think it was Connor Barth, or sorry, not Connor Barth. Um, who's the uh, defensive end I'm thinking of here? Gaines Adams. <laughs> Did you just make up a name and hope that it was a, a real no, he person? No, he used to be a Buccaneer. Then he played for the Bears for a little bit. No, no, no I'm talking um, about on the Eagles. Um, oh, Connor Barwin. That's what his name oh, is. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. A little mental slip up there. But, uh, you know, right. Jameis Winston really has been playing a lot better the last few weeks. And now he, he's got Vincent Jackson back healthy in this game. And it sounds like Austin Safarian Jenkins supposedly could be ready to go this coming week. Um, thing, the, the arrow's pointing up for Jameis Winston. Yeah, I, I think the main story of this game was uh, how Lovey Smith managed to rob Doug Martin of scoring any touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen that Doug Martin, um, you know, he, he doesn't have that breakaway speed to finish those long runs, but you're not unhappy about 230 yards rushing, all right? You're, you're not going to you're not gonna be unhappy that he didn't score a touchdown. You're going to take that. Yeah, I'm pretty unhappy. I traded him away uh, for Adrian Peterson this week in a league of mine, and I, I think this move will solidify my uh, myself knocking out of the playoffs, which is really nice. <laughs> well, you know what? Hindsight is twenty twenty. so you certainly... Green Bay certainly uh, wasn't good against the run coming into this game, and they just kind of really stepped it up. There's no way to, to really see that one coming. Um, yeah. But back to Doug Martin... Uh, what do you, where, where do you have him as a low end running back one rest of the season, something like that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you can't bunch him. Definitely low end running back one. All right. Um, and Charles Sims here, uh, he had a really nice touchdown reception where he he extended it past the goal line. Uh, he's a, he's been a pretty decent flex play, maybe even low end RB two and PPR some weeks. You always get worried on those plays because if the, one defender uh, you know touches one thing the right way, ball gets knocked out and it's a turnover. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take the touchdown. Um, certainly a, a decent flex and also a priority handcuff if anything were to happen to Doug Martin. Oh, 100%. Um, so we saw uh, in this game Mike Evans, his target numbers were down here with Vincent Jackson back. But again, uh, you know, having another reliable target for Jameis Winston kind of opened up Evans in the red zone and he actually got his touchdown here. So uh, certainly a, a low-end wide receiver one for me going forward. And I think Vincent Jackson is a wide receiver three. Can't wait to see Austin Safarian Jenkins come back. It's going to be a really exciting offense to watch on TV. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're an opposing defense, how do you pick who you're going to cover at the goal line? Uh, Winston so, could just toss it up to whoever. Yeah, you just you just pick a guy whoever whoever looks uh you know not double covered and throw it up and that's a touchdown. Yeah, I would say that uh, immediately upon his return, Austin Safarian Jenkins would be a high tight end too for me. He's just such a weapon in the red zone. Oh, definitely. Um, on the other side here, Chip Kelly really struggling. Uh, there's If there's a, uh, anything in life that you can count on, it's death taxes and Mark Sanchez interceptions. Um, luckily, Sam Bradford uh, seems to be doing some light practice today. Hopefully, he'll be ready to go on Thursday. But if not, uh, the Detroit Lions, all of a sudden, a, a pretty good play against a struggling Philadelphia team. Yeah, I... It's hard for me to get excited about anything going on here. Um, yeah, I, I, if Bradford comes back, I think that's going to just be bad for Brent Sala because he seems to have been, you know, connecting quite nicely with Mark Sanchez. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Selleck, you know, really benefited from Zach Ertz uh, getting concussed in this game. Uh, I know I played Zach Ertz in, in a bunch of daily leagues. Um, certainly did not end well for me. Um, for the receivers here, you, you can't start anybody. <laughs> I mean, you just can't with any confidence. I mean, is it going to be Cooper with a Sanchez, touchdown? Sanchez Huff? didn't look good. Three interceptions. I mean, he, he wasn't I, – I thought he might be a half-step – forward from Bradford. He was actually just a half step backward from Bradford, but that's that's not promising for anybody on this offense. No, and honestly, Jordan Matthews, he's droppable. I, you know, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, he is. I I can't disagree. Um I mean, I guess DeMarco Murray would be the only real fantasy option here. He had a decent day. Um, the the Eagles just got behind so far that he didn't get that many carries, even with Ryan Matthews out with his concussion. Uh, I, I guess Demarco Murray is still low RB two for me, simply because the talent is no, there. I, I agree, and he has definite RB one upside. He uh, this this looked like an off day. So many teams, I know, I keep saying this, but it looked like an off day, an off week for a lot of teams. I expect Murray to come back better. Um, as long as Matthews is out, Sproles needs to be owned in deeper leagues. But once he gets healthy again, I think he's droppable again. Um, just because, you know, when they spell Murray, so much can happen on this offense. And Sproles does catch a lot of balls, especially from the subpar quarterbacks who are playing. Um, he's, he's worth a flex probably in a deep league. Yeah, and I think the biggest beneficiary here might be USC or Miami next year if they can get Chip <laughs> Kelly. So, uh, See, there you go. We'll see. Um the next game we're going to talk about here, Denver at Chicago. Uh, rough loss for us uh, Bears fans. But, you know, at the end of the day, just uh, real quick talking real football, um, I, I do think the Bears put up a pretty good showing considering, uh, you know, the personnel that they were playing without. And just, you know, it was a good fight. Yeah, it was. Uh, Cuddy isn't as bad as everybody gives him credit for. He always gets a lot of guff. Oh, he's he's weak. He's not, uh, you know, he, he has a terrible disposition. He's the best quarterback that's ever played football for the Bears, bar none. Yeah. Um, and on the other hand here, we see the rise of Brock. Uh, we saw Kubiak was able to make Matt freaking Schaub a quarterback one. Um, and if he can do that, Brock Osweiler only needs to be an average talent to be at least a low in QB one. That's what he was this week. Um, Let's uh, not get a little too excited, though. Brock Osweiler compiled 250 yards and two touchdowns against probably, you know, a a bottom three defense in the entire league from a personal standpoint. Yeah, I mean, Demarius Thomas was wide open on that touchdown. uh, But they have have said that Brock Osweiler is definitely going to start against New England next week. That'll be a very interesting test for him. Um, But I think in general with the Kubiak offense, with having a more mobile-ish quarterback like Osweiler, it it helps open up the running game. Uh, It also helps that the Bears don't know how to tackle. Um, but I think that Hillman gets bumped up to mid running back two, and then Anderson could be a flex. Yeah. If there's any way your trade deadline isn't gone yet, I, I would, I would try and sell high on Hillman to somebody who's desperate for a running back right now. It, running against the bears does not excite me whatsoever. You know, I, I'll actually take the opposite side here. I do think that this offense is trending up in the right direction and that Hillman is actually a pretty good fit for uh, for this system, so I do think that he's worth holding for me. Um, Either way, it's still going to be a near 50-50 split between Hillman and Anderson. Anderson had a like 33% of, for like 40% of the carries or something today. Sure, but the way but the way the committees are working in the league nowadays, that that's still a decent amount of production in that offense. 
Sure. Okay. Um, but again, you know, Demarius Thomas had a, had a relatively quiet game here, but finally got the touchdown, and I, I think he'll he'll be just fine. He's going to get plenty of targets. Uh, you know, Kubiak system does target the number one receiver quite a bit. Um, but I am a little bit concerned about Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, it sounds like he's got a high ankle sprain right now, and even when he returns, um, you know, Cody Latimer has been playing well, and they use the tight ends quite a bit. Yeah, um, good wide receiver. It's going to be hobbled for a bit. Uh, I, I don't think that means that you're going to bring Latimer up. You're not adding him to many teams, uh, even though he did catch the touchdown here. There was the, the B team, or I don't know, what are they? The C team, the scout team connection for a touchdown. Yeah, I like um, Latimer more in Dynasty than in Redraft. I, I, he still doesn't excite me in Dynasty. He was, he's been on the team two, three years now. Uh, two years now. He hasn't done anything with Manning. And yes, I know Osweiler's quote-unquote better than Manning now. But if you've been on the team that long and done nothing, I, I don't think that he's going to start being, you know, something worth owning. Yeah, I mean, certainly not for this year, but uh, just a name. I like him in Dynasty Leagues. Um, and then more importantly here, uh, Owen Daniels and Vernon Davis getting a ton of work. I think they're both in the high tight end two mix now. I, I think that, you know, it's such a tight end friendly system. And especially Vernon Davis, who's always had the athleticism and the, the talent, and he just never got used correctly in San Francisco. Yeah, with a young quarterback and Manning out of the picture for now, you can fully expect that this offense is going to become a Kubiak offense. Yeah, and I, I think honestly it's an improvement over you know the first half of the season for them. Well, they beat the ba- they beat the Chicago Bears by two points. We'll see. We'll we'll see what they can do against uh, Tom Brady next week. Yeah, that'll that'll be a very interesting game. I'll certainly be uh, watching that with full focus and intensity. Um, That's right. So Jake Cutler here, uh, you know his worst showing of the year probably, but again against a very good Denver defense without Alshon, without Matt Forte. And I think he's going to be a fine fantasy quarterback down the stretch. I think he did about as well as you could expect against the top defense in the league. Expect better against Green Bay and expect better when Alshon and Eddie Royal are back. Yeah, and uh, also it sounds like Matt Forte, uh, you know, he was running pretty well before uh, the Denver game. Uh, I do think that we could see him back against Green Bay on Thursday. Uh, certainly monitor his practice, but just to, important to note here, even if Matt Forte does uh, come back on Thursday, I do think Jeremy Langford is still a decent flex play. Um, even before Forte uh, went down with that MCL sprain, we did see that Langford already got some series and he even got some goal line carries. Yeah, Langford, is it too early to say he's the future? I mean, he had this day salvaged by this touchdown, but he's looked really good in the limited work that he's put up so far. I still think it's a bit early. He, he's got that, you know, game-breaking speed, but uh, he's not that great in between the tackles, as we saw before Kadeem Carey left with his concussion. He was actually having more success uh, between the tackles. Yeah, if, if only they, they could have traded Forte for something and, uh, you know, garnered something onto the team going forward and then use, you know, Carey as your, as your, as your strong back and Langford as your speed back, have, have a cheap committee of running backs and add some money to the defense. We might have something nice going forward next year. Yeah, and I do think they were shopping him around, but I think it may have been one of those situations where uh, yeah. you know a deal's easier well, said than done. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of teams in the NFL right now that wish the uh, dr- trade deadline was a few days from now as opposed to a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> on, the, on the receiver side here, uh, hopefully Jeffrey will be ready for Thursday for a, a very important divisional game here. 
Um, we'll monitor his practice. Marcus Wilson, though, a legit wide receiver handcuff, four for over 100 yards here. Um, certainly, you know, one of the one of one of those plays accounted for a lot of that yardage, but still, he's shown that he's fast enough and big enough to you know make those plays. I do like Marcus Wilson in Dynasty. I thought he was a talented wide receiver. I liked him until uh, they went ahead and drafted Kevin White. Oh, you guys all forgot he existed, didn't you? Um, I, Eddie Royal's not going to be with this team forever. Uh, Jay Cutler, I think they're probably going to bring back for another year or two. Um, they can be very productive together. Yeah, oh, and trust me, I have not forgotten about Kevin White. He is probably one of my fantasy man crushes. I, I own him in, in a couple of Dynasty Leagues. I'm waiting for that. Um, last thing to talk about on Chicago here, um, Martellus Bennett, the targets were there. Um, he needs to finish those plays. He's six, six for a reason. Uh, you know, he had two or three pass interference calls that gave us some yardage, but you know, when Cutler throws it up to him in, in the end zone or down the sidelines, he needs to go up and make those grabs. Yeah. Uh, tight end in Chicago used to be a thing of sort of excitement these past couple years. Um, but between, uh, Michael Bennett or wait, that's not his name. That's his brother's name, though. Uh, very, very good defensive lineman playing for the uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, but Martavis Bellet, uh, Bennett is playing with some damaged ribs. I don't know if it's fractures or if they're just sprains. It, it's difficult for a big man who you know goes hits the catch those balls and gets hit right in the uh, right in the thorax every time. Hard to stay safe and uh, productive. Plus, they've got the Zach Miller guy cutting into tight end targets. Yeah, but uh, he's not really cutting into Bennett's uh, playtime. Um, I mean, for most of the plays that Miller was on the field, Bennett was also there. Uh, I do think that Bennett is still low-end to mid-end tight end one. Uh, simply yeah, but because last of the year Bennett was racking up 14 target games, 15 target games. I, any Anybody taking you know, looks away from him. He had 26 yards. Yeah, um, I do think a bigger day was there. Uh, you know, hopefully he'll get healthy and... It'll remain a big part of the offense, uh, especially when Jeffrey comes back. Yep, monitors health. You can't bench him against Green Bay. You can't bench Bears against Green Bay. Just out of, I mean, I can't bench Bears against Green Bay at least. <laughs> no, certainly not. Um, all right, uh, the next game here we're going to talk about is going to be St. Louis Rams at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I don't even want to talk about this game. Just an awful, depressing game. There seems to have been a lot of those this past weekend. Um, but real quick on the St. Louis side, Todd Gurley is the only guy you need to know for fantasy purposes. All right. Um, he's still, he's still going to be very expensive on DraftKings, and he's still usually going to be worth it. Yeah. Uh, you know, death taxes, Mark Sanchez, interceptions and Todd Gurley touchdowns. Only sure things. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Tavon Austin, uh, if you're desperate boom or bust wide receiver three wide receiver four. Um, it all depends if he gets a crazy long, you know, end around touchdown or something like that. Um, and on the other hand here, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, just terrible, terrible season for them. They lost Steve Smith to his Achilles injury a few weeks back. Uh, in this game, they lose both uh, Joe Flacco to an ACL and MCL, as well as Justin Forsett to broken arm. So, yeah, they, uh, they're going to get get some pretty high picks in the draft this year. Yeah, I... I... Through th throughout this game, I was thinking Buck Allen was going to be my top waiver ad this week, but then the end of the game happened, and I don't know where this offense is going go is going from from now. Uh, with Flacco done, what are they even going to be able to muster? I mean, you've got to think that the majority of the offense is probably going to run through Buck Allen, but you know, thirty carries for 
17 yards because the box is stacked and nobody else is worth covering doesn't really do much for you. Yeah, I mean, Buck Allen's still worth a pickup just because, uh, you know, running backs are such a scarce commodity nowadays, but certainly, oh, yeah. certainly downgrading my expectations for him without Flacco at the helm. Um, the only guy that maybe this helps is Crockett Gilmore, um, simply because Matt Schaub doesn't have the greatest arm, and I do think that Gilmore is going to be seeing a lot of checkdown passes in his future. Yeah, I mean, Matt Schaub isn't a terrible quarterback, is he? He's not a good quarterback. <laughs> is he better than Case Keenum? Uh, yeah, I, yes. he's old. Okay, I'm thinking of I Matt mean, Schaub. Like, when I think of Matt Schaub, I think of the guy that came in when Michael Vick was hurt, and he did pretty darn well in, that, in those Falcons teams. All right, that was that was all very long time ago. Yeah, it, it was. That's classic Schaub. Classic Schaub. I mean, would you take 2015 Michael Vick or 2015 Matt Schaub? No, you're... you're Oh, I'd take 2015 Matt Schaub. <laughs> yeah, I think so. We we saw Michael Vick fail to do anything, even with so many weapons in Pittsburgh around him. Schaub can be a very exciting player to watch. He's uh he's he's notable for running downfield, jumping in the air for for seven yard gains, uh, diving <laughs> and then helicoptering, fumbling and then being knocked out of the game. Yeah, um, as I said, I, I do think that Gilmore should still be a decent play in PPR. Uh, Kamar Aiken, we'll, we'll see how, how he does in terms of chemistry. Somebody's got to catch footballs. I mean, they're going to go down against teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, I, I do think that Buck Allen is still one of my you know top three or four pickups for this week. Uh, we'll get to that at the end of the show, as usual, when we talk about the waiver wire pickups. Um yeah, just a terrible season for Baltimore. I feel bad for the fans here. Um, anything else? Nope. All right, next game here. Uh, speaking of injuries, uh, Dallas at Miami. Tony Romo's finally back. Uh, looked kind of rusty in his first start. Plus, it was kind of monsooning there for the first uh, quarter or so. Um, but, uh, you know, I think Romo should be a decent low-end quarterback one going forward. You know, with that line, certainly gives him more than enough time to make his throws downfield. Um, and McFadden here, we, we see that, you know, despite his kind of scary uh, groin injury in midweek last week, uh, he's still got a workhorse workload here. Uh, the only question with McFadden is health. And if you own him, you must, must own Robert Turbin. Oh, without question. Uh, they had a nice game this week against Miami. Um, they go into Carolina. You know what happens in Carolina. What happens in Carolina? A lot of sexual dancing with Cam Newton? No, no, no. Offenses go. Offenses uh, don't do anything in Carolina. It's they might as well not even get off the bus. Oh well, that too. Um, certainly, uh, certainly uh, not not a great game. But again, I'm I'm not necessarily scared. I mean, I I do think that Dallas. Um, has a good enough offensive line to you know keep the pressure off Romo, and actually the game is at Dallas, not at Carolina, so that helps as well. I can only advocate for Darren McFadden and Des Bryant. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. If anything, I think it might be another Terrence Williams game. I, I do think no, that Josh no, Norman no. is going to shadow Des and kind of limit him, and I think that Romo is going to need to find other outlets next week. Terrence Williams had had the his game of the year this week. That will be it. Uh, you know and what? It wasn't even that great a game. You know what? I'll I'll make a bet right now if you want. Uh, I will say that Terrence Williams will have more fantasy points next week than Des Bryant. Nah, no chance. All right. 
You want to make that a bet? Put it on the thing. All right. Write <laughs> <laughs> write it down is what I meant to say. <laughs> All right. You got it there. Um, okay. Well, we'll certainly uh, we'll you know circle back around on that next week. Um, I do think that Des is still a must start despite uh, likely seeing good coverage from Josh Norman. Um, you certainly can't bench him. And then, uh, you know, Jason Witten also worth a shot here. Uh, you know, get, he gets plenty of targets from Tony Romo, and uh, he especially gets those looks in the red zone. I'm just not expecting a great game out of any of these guys. Even Des is a wide receiver, too, for me this next week. Yeah, um, certainly not the greatest matchup. But again, with, with that good offensive line, I, I do think it neutralizes the uh, Panthers' pass rush a little bit. But anyway, enough about Dallas. Uh, let's talk about Miami here. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, uh, he's just a matchup dependent QB2 at this point. Uh, we've seen that he's dropped off considerably from last year. Uh, a lot of the rushing you know, production is gone, and that's part of it. Um, but it, Admittedly, the matchups have not been great for him, though. Yeah, I get that, but he also just hasn't been playing that well. Um, we saw them beat up on Houston, and then you know they've been you know relatively quiet ever since. Um, that was a different Houston at that time too, though they they woke up about two weeks after that game. Right, that's that's very true. Um, but the other thing here is it's disappointing that they went away from Lamar Miller here, despite it being a close game. Uh, you know, didn't didn't give him that much work. I, I just don't understand it. Yeah, they just didn't they didn't execute very well. Uh, there were 14, 14 carries in this game. 24 throws. There just wasn't a lot of offensive plays run. Um, they were not holding onto the ball very long. Hard to make any, you know, get anybody into much of a rhythm. Yeah. Um, that said, the offense should run through Lamar Miller and he should be getting at least double digit touches every single game. Yeah. They, they're going into New York, uh, the jet, the Meadowlands playing the jets this week. It's not going to go well. Yeah, uh, certainly can't expect uh, too much. Um, and a- as I said preseason, uh, I've always been of the opinion that it's it's going to be hard to predict which of the receivers is going to produce every given week. Uh, obviously, Jarvis Landry is the best bet any given week, but we see that Kenny Stills get, gets the long touchdown here, and then Jordan Cameron steals the other touchdown instead of Landry. And, you know, you, you can't really start any of them. Landry is just the low wide receiver, too, for me, if that. Yeah, it's still just Jarvis Landry. Uh, Richard Matthews disappeared in this game. Yeah, and, and he's been inconsistent too. Um, you know, it's it's really Lamar Miller here on this team, and then uh, Jay Ajayi is the backup. Yeah, Jay, yeah, definitely. Um, Jay Ajayi, I, I don't know if he's a priority ad this week. Um, yeah, actually he is a priority ad this week because Lamar Miller should see a good number of carries here despite the seven this week. Um a lot of wear and tear being put on this guy. And Jay Ajayi has shown that he's definitely got some talent. Yeah, and uh, in terms of the tight ends, you're avoiding everybody here. Who knows who's going to get the touchdown every given week between, you know, the three or four they got, Cameron. Did Jake Stoneburner get cut, or is he just or is he just not catching passes anymore? Yeah, I think he's just been very quiet. He's been on the back burner, With a name like Stoneburner, you, you don't live your life very quietly. Uh, you missed my awesome, awesome joke there. Yeah. <laughs> I said I oh, think what? he's been on the back burner. Oh, Jake Backburner. I get it. Okay. <laughs> See what I did there, huh? I would have laughed if I if I caught it the first time, but I was too busy thinking about myself. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. 
that's more than enough time spent on Miami here. Uh, let's move on to Washington and Carolina. Um, actually kept the game pretty close in the first quarter. Uh, it was tied up at one point. Um, yeah, 0-0. Zero, zero. Game was tied. Well, I mean, it was tied at 14-14 uh, at the end of the first. Um, but then Washington just couldn't get anything going against a very good Carolina defense. Um, I mean, I, I don't know that I'd necessarily blame Kirk Cousins here, but certainly for fantasy purposes... Um, yeah, he's uh, just a QB two, um, and especially uh, going forward, the the one thing to note for the Dallas matchup too is uh, the Panthers are expected to get Charles Johnson back this coming week. So certainly yeah. even more ferocious than they have been on defense. This is a tough matchup. Uh, you, you expect this sort of thing to happen. Yeah, and uh, we see that Alfred Morris aggravated that rib injury. Um, I do think that Matt Jones could be a decent start simply due to volume uh, against the New York Giants next week. Um, certainly the Giants have been tougher on defense with Jason Pierre-Paul back and just them getting healthier in general on defense. But uh, without a confusing committee situation, Matt Jones could actually do all right. Yeah, I'm st- I, th- I think Chris Thompson's going to muddy that picture more than more than you might think. I'm still not touching that running back situation. Um, with, uh, with Reed hurt, finally, it's not a, it's not a concussion, but he is going to be going to this game. If he's playing, he's hurt. If he's not, he's it's cause he's hurt. Um, but I, I think Jamison Crowder should be poised for a, for a nice week this next week. Yeah. I mean, and we've seen that Deshaun Jackson got the long touchdown this game. He's back to that boom robust wide receiver three status, sort of like Terrence Williams in Dallas. Um, I, I do think that this hurts both Garcon and Crowder. Uh, you know, they were both kind of coming on with him out. Um, and as you said, Reed, the only the only question with him as as ever is his health. This could be a very high scoring game if good Eli comes to play. Yeah, I, I will say the only uh, my only doubts about Jordan Reed are that, uh, you know, he has that M- MCL sprain, and we've seen Antonio Gates limited by this, and we've seen Ken- Kendall Wright has missed a few weeks, so I would lower my expectations for Jordan Reed, even if he is active. Yep, definitely. All right, on the Carolina side here, Cam Newton is on fire. Uh, he's the number two quarterback in fantasy, and he will be going forward as far as I'm concerned. He's a very, very good football player. Superman. Superman. Um, surprise of the year, Jonathan Stewart. Uh, he and Darren McFadden has, have always just been plagued with injuries, and they've both been averaging a ton of touches per game right now. Uh, Stewart's been getting 20-plus carries the last few weeks, and he's been staying healthy. And The only thing to mention here is that there have been rumors floating around that Carolina wants to get Cameron Artis Payne some more work to kind of preserve Stewart for the playoffs, but we'll, we'll see if that actually happens. I told you he's a very solid running back. He gets vultured, but there's a lot of running backs that, that are that are in timeshares. He's not really in much of a timeshare other than the red zone vultures. Yeah, um, and certainly, uh, you know, he's been a very good play the last few weeks. Uh, I certainly regret uh, dropping him in one league when I needed uh, some, some spots for bye weeks. Um, but uh, on the receiver side here, Ted Ginn doing well, but really the story has been Devin Funches coming on uh, he actually tied uh, Ginn for the lead in targets this game at eight. Uh, he's definitely worth a pickup if you need help at wide receiver. Yeah, uh, maybe we will start to see Funches and Bunches. <laughs> I hope not, just so we can avoid hearing you say that. But, okay, fine. Uh, we we <laughs> just may see it coming up, actually. Ted Ginn, uh, 
now you can add him to the list of people that are showing up on the injury report. I think it was a, I think it's a knee. Yeah, it's his knee. Yeah, supposedly uh, not not too uh, too major of an injury, but certainly worth monitoring here. Um, and then, I mean, especially on the short week, he's playing again in four days. Yeah, that that's a good point. Um, but then on on the other hand here, sweet catch for that touchdown, by the way. Uh, I'm glad the refs ended up. I, I'm glad that got challenged. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. That was a very good catch after some questionable drops earlier this year. Yep. Um, kind of kind of made up for it there. Um, and then you know, sweet catch by Funches too. He had that uh, he had that end zone stop route, right? Yeah, I mean, he's just a big guy. I mean, imagine when they get Kelvin Benjamin healthy again back next year. Uh, they've sort of got a Evans and Vincent Jackson thing going in Carolina. Yeah, definitely. Um, ooh, LaShawn McCoy is just looks so shifty now that he's healthy. I, I really think that he's he's been you know an underrated guy the last couple of years since everybody was saying how terrible he was, and we've seen 100% LaShawn McCoy, what he can do. Well, Chip Kelly threw him out like yesterday's trash. I mean, what what do you what are people supposed to think? Yeah, um, just uh, I want to touch on that real quick since we've brought this up. Uh, I yeah. do want to say that December thirteenth, I tweeted about this earlier today. Uh, Lashawn McCoy faces his former team, the Philadelphia Eagles, who just oh. gave up two hundred plus rushing yards to Doug Martin. Uh, Lashawn <laughs> McCoy must must start in daily and redraft and whatever leagues you got on for that game remember remember the 13th of december <laughs> isn't that the thing it, it will be after this year <laughs> that's right that's right um, could, could set some sort of record here but uh um okay next game we're going to talk about here is going to be the kansas city chiefs at san diego um when alex smith doesn't need to throw in a game he doesn't so he didn't uh, he's still low-end quarterback one, high-end quarterback two. Uh, you know, he's been doing well simply because of the weapons around him. But, you know, there's just not that many passing attempts go around, and that limits his receivers as well. Um, but we've seen that this makes whatever running back is playing in Kansas City uh, a great start because they just feed him the ball. And in this case, it was Spencer Ware after Sharkhandrick West, uh, you know, injured his hamstring. Yeah, they were running the ball very well. Um... Hate to see West down too, uh, but the the depth on this team it's just a testament to how this offense is run. Um, is is Niall Davis hurt? I missed I missed the report on that. No, I th- I think they've just completely gone away from him. Uh, you know he's wow. been demoted. Um, yeah, he started the season as the definite backup, and now West, uh, you know Charles down, West down. They don't even go to Davis. Yeah, um, I do think that, uh, you know, they're saying he's day-to-day for uh, Sharkhandrick West's hamstring injury, but certainly if he's out, uh, Spencer Ware worth a plug-and-play next week. Yeah, um, matchup this coming week against Buffalo could be tough, but I still think if if West is down, you've got to start Spencer Ware. Yeah, simply due to the volume of touches he's going to get here. Um, yeah. And we see that Jeremy Macklin's still struggling and Kansas City just doesn't throw enough. Macklin's just a wide receiver three right now until we see a little bit more from him. Kelsey uh, needs to get on a better team. Uh, yeah. Um, a better offense, I should say. Yeah, I, I told you about the dream I had, uh, you know, early in the season about Kelsey being traded to New England and then he yeah. and Gronk playing, uh, you know, two tight end sets. Um, 
Yeah. They would be the broiest of tight end bros in the world. It would and be the they would, best there would be the ever. added bonus of him not going on to murder somebody, I think. <laughs> I was waiting for, for something along those lines. And you didn't disappoint <laughs> me. Yeah. Um, that that gosh, if he wasn't uh, you know, if Hernandez wasn't Hernandez, that would they are a nasty team, but how much nastier would that be? Yeah. Um you know, there there wouldn't even be any Vegas over unders because it would always be the over. Exactly. No, I mean the line would have to be like it would have to be like New England minus twenty five every week or something like that. Yeah, I could definitely see it. Same and same with if Kelsey were there. How do you cover both of those guys? Exactly. Yeah, and then the well, terrible... apparently you cover them by having Alex Smith throw to him. <laughs> right. I was going to say, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey uh, has actually been averaging just under 30% of Smith's targets the last few weeks, um, which is a high number. But the problem is that Kansas City just doesn't throw enough, uh, especially around the goal line. They like to feed West or where, and, you know, Kelsey just isn't getting those scoring opportunities. He did have an end zone uh, target here and almost came down with it, but it did get called back after review. The ball bobbled a little bit. Uh, so, you know, certainly still tight end one. You're starting Kelsey. There's no question about it. You can't bunch him. He's, he's, he's part of the large second tier of tight. Uh, there's, I don't really think there's a, there's a Gronk, then second tier, then third tier of everybody. I really think it's now it's Gronk and then everybody. Cause even Olsen has had down weeks. No, I, I think it's pretty clearly Gronk. And then the second tier right now for redraft, I would put Greg Olson and Tyler Eifert in kind of a mini tier. But Eifert drops so many balls and then bad Andy shows up. Yeah, but really that was Eifert's first really bad game of the year. I'm not going to hold it against him just yet. Uh, you know, everybody has those kind of weird. Okay, weeks. I mean, I I can't fight you. He's 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 part of the high end of the second tier, or he's part of his own second tier with Greg Olson, whatever. It's sure. it's a moot point. Yeah. Um. So on the San Diego side here, we discussed last week um, that Rivers was losing so many weapons on the offensive line and receiving options, and that you know pure passing volume can only do so much. Um. But still, I'm not panicking here. If uh, I'm a if I'm a Philip Rivers owner, I do think he's still a low quarterback one. Uh, Kansas City's defense has really come on the last few weeks, and I think a large part of uh, his lack of production this game can be attributed to their defense. Yeah, it was a bad matchup. Good defense and and lack of weapons. Yeah. So again, not panicking on Rivers, but do note that if you are uh, starting Phillip Rivers, um, maybe pick up a backup option because he does get Kansas City again in week 14, first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Jameis Winston, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that Jameis Winston, Blake Bortles, and Drew Brees are, are my three favorite quarterbacks right now for week 14. Drew Brees? Yeah. How about Derek Carr? Um, who does Carr face? Uh, I thought he had a really good... Let me let me pull the schedule up real quick. Let's see here. Carr has in week fourteen, Derek Carr faces Denver. So not great. Oh, no, not great. Really bad. <laughs> really, really bad. Yeah. So uh definitely <laughs> would not uh would not want to count on Derek Carr in week fourteen if you can help it at all. Mm. Um Yeah, okay. Well that's that's hmm. I, I look stupid. That's okay. Uh, at least you just look stupid. It's a pretty common thing for me anyway, yeah. so that, that's that's nothing new. Um, and Melvin Gordon, I think it's time to just kind of nix that experiment. Uh, he just has no help with the offensive line. It's not, you know, he's not all to blame here, but certainly you can't rely on him for fantasy. 
No, it's it's getting difficult. Um, most most football, most touches of the football without a touchdown. Yeah, and I think that Danny Woodhead has both has both a higher floor and a higher higher ceiling than Melvin Gordon. And in fact, Melvin Gordon's droppable if you need you know a waiver. Well, not wire this week back. he didn't, but this was this was aberrant. Yeah, but in general, uh, I would definitely feel much more comfortable with Woodhead than Gordon in my lineup. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. In terms of the uh, receiving options, I think uh, you go Stevie Johnson, you go Antonio Gates if he's healthy, and you go Ladarius Green if he's healthy. Still, nobody looked good this game, but you know, yeah, I mean, I, you know, the other guys are just kind of kind of switching it out each game uh, depending on how the coverage rolls. Exactly, I N man, nothing. <laughs> what did you call him? I N man. I kind of like that. It's catchy. <laughs> um, I N man. <laughs> Kind of like Iron Man, but not quite. Right, Iron Man, Iron Man, Dontrell Iron Man. All right, we've spent uh, 12 seconds on that too much. <laughs> All right, uh, next game here, Green Bay at Minnesota. Uh, real quick, I just want to gloat that we had a bet from last week. I said that Green Bay would score two touchdowns or fewer in this game, and they scored two touchdowns. But they put up 30 points. But how many touchdowns did they score? Were we counting touchdowns or was I just thinking touchdowns was, four? I was, I, you said, I was just thinking you said like 14 points No, and the, I was totally nope. right. They doubled the, the bet that was touchdowns. Okay. Okay. Captain wordiness. Hey, that's a bet, man. I won the bet. There, there's an asterisk on that bet. They beat <laughs> them by more than two touchdowns. There's, there's no asterisk. They beat them by more than two touchdowns. Yeah, but they scored only two touchdowns. All right, whatever. This if you is don't, semantics. If you, if you don't want to see that, Dan, that's fine. Dan, we need Dan make a judge, make a ruling. No, I'm staying out of this one. <laughs> staying out of it. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, fine. And okay. and a rare a rare contribution by our producer Dan, uh, our which wasn't even really Dan. a contribution. <laughs> But anyway, on the fantasy side here, Aaron Rodgers, um, despite not uh, not a great game, uh, still a mid-fantasy QB1 here. Uh, he's been pretty reliable outside of the Denver game. Um, but the big story here, Eddie Lacy looking healthier, getting 100 yards on a pretty stout Minnesota run defense, and he gets Chicago this week. He looked good. He's back. I'm starting both him and Starks against Chicago next week. Oh, that's uh, that's bold. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, I will say that I, I think Lacey is the better start. Um, he still looked like he was, uh, you know, getting his ankle retaped a couple times during the game. So I don't think he's fully to 100%, but certainly looks good. Breaking tackles, getting yards after contact. Um, and this is why I've been saying for three, four weeks now, do not drop Eddie Lacey. And now this was the reason why. There you go. He, he, he wakes up, arrives. And now he's he gets to uh, run the football against uh, the Packers scout team, essentially. Yeah, so Eddie Lacy, if for whatever reason he was dropped and he's still on your waiver wire, uh, he's the number one priority this week. Um, that's likely not the case in most leagues, but I do know he, he was out there in a couple leagues. Uh, he needs to be owned. Um, Most in, definitely. In terms of the wide receivers here, uh, Randall Cobb with another relatively disappointing game. Uh, got the touchdown, which helped a lot, but James Jones was the big play here. And I think that, you know, 
Devontae Adams, James Jones, and Randall Cobb are all high-end wide receiver threes right now. Rodgers is kind of just dumping it to whoever he can before he gets sacked. It seemed like more of a game plan, uh, game plan thing to me. Uh, he was just feeding James Jones. It seemed like there was something in their game plan where, where it was whatever the matchup was. They really liked Jones ahead of him. And there was a lot of frustration shown by Rodgers uh, on, the, on the missed passes between him and James Jones. Yeah, uh, but James Jones, again, just finds ways to get open and, find, and Aaron Rodgers finds him. Um, I do think that Jones is still wide receiver three. Um, and this offense, uh, I, I was saying it's kind of a catch-22 because Eddie Lacy does better when Green Bay is up and they need to you know, kind of just pound the ball and play physical. But at the same time, Green Bay can't really score points unless they pound the ball and you know, run it with Lacy and be physical. So... It's uh, it's a tough situation there all around, but certainly uh, it's, it's trending upwards in general. Um, as for the tight end, Richard Rogers here uh, still got targeted a few times in the end zone. Uh, still a tight end too, given all the targets that he gets from Rogers. Yep, can't disagree. All right, and uh, on the Minnesota side here, uh, Teddy Bridgewater he got harassed constantly in this game by uh, just a ferocious Green Bay defense. Uh, I don't know where they came out of, you know, some sort of trance this week. Um, sacked him a bunch of times, uh, but really Bridgewater was just a quarterback, low quarterback too. Anyway, just given you know how how little Minnesota really throws the ball, um, they're a very run heavy team, um, and that's why Adrian Peterson, despite a, a rough showing here, is still a top five running back. Definitely. Uh, this game, they got beat up. They didn't come to play. Uh, you, you would expect them to, you know, put, come out with a little bit of swag, you know, leading the NFC North over the Green Bay Packers. They win this game. They're still still in charge going forward. But no, they they come out there and they they get their butts handed to them. Yeah, really disappointing here. I, honestly, uh, out of all the NFC North uh, rivals, I think I hate Minnesota the least out of, uh, you know, the Lions and the Packers. Oh, definitely. Without question. People in Minnesota are so nice. Minnesota, eh? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's American Canada, eh? Yeah, Canada Junior, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, Stefan Diggs here, uh, six catches for 66 yards. Uh, a little disconcerting with the devil symbolism there, but still uh, not, not terrible production. Um, certainly good to see him get uh, a bunch of targets here after a few quiet weeks. Um, I do yeah, think uh, player of the game was Kyle Rudolph, though. I don't trust it whatsoever. No, absolutely not. But, you know, the ceiling has always been there. And again, they just don't throw enough. Yep. Um. So uh, Mike Wallace, he's completely droppable. For some reason, he's still on your roster. He's just been dropping balls left and right and just not the same yeah. player we saw two years ago. Yeah. Him and Charles Johnson belong in the same spot in your league. Yeah, uh, maybe even Jarius right over them right now. He seems to be making some clutch plays when needed. Yeah. Um, all right, that's all I really got about Minnesota. Uh, one thing, their their fantasy defense has sneakily been pretty decent. Uh, certainly worth a pickup if they're still available in your league. Um, next game here, NFC West showdown. San Francisco at Seattle. I say showdown, but really it was more of a drubbing, a, a, a devastation. Uh, well, what's a What's a good word for it? Um, ab- abortion. Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the, I don't want the censors getting all over us here, but, uh, no, certainly, uh, is just, that a censorable word? No, I don't know. I, I just, I just said that. 
Oh, you're just sort of talking. Uh, all things considered, actually, <laughs> yes, I guess Mike Zimmer is on the podcast than just... uh, Colin Kaepernick because he led the offense to more points against Seattle than uh, Colin Kaepernick did in Seattle. Yeah, it, uh, dare I say, Blaine? So Sean Drawn and Blaine Gabbard are better than Carlos Hyde and Colin Kaepernick. All right, I don't know about that, but I will say that Blaine Gabbard looked surprisingly good against a Seattle defense that's generally very fearsome. Um, I mean, he could be worth a spot start depending on the matchup. I wouldn't feel great about it, but if you're desperate, there are worse options out there than Blaine Gabbard 16 right now. 16 points and no interceptions against the Seahawks. That's a, that's a really solid day for somebody that, you know, gets laughed at from a fantasy and even an NFL standpoint. Nobody really takes Blaine Gabbard seriously. Yeah, and hey, you know what? Things change very quickly in the NFL, and certainly no player is done if they, if they show that they can improve and learn. That's right. Everybody thought, never forget, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people dropped Tom Brady after the first four season, uh, games of the season last year. Well, a lot of people thought Carson Palmer was a huge bust. Look, That's look true. Where he is also now. true. Um, and honestly, like, Gabbert made a ton of mistakes during his time, but he really had no talent around him in Jacksonville. So, so something, yep. to, something to keep keep in mind. Um, and this is Gabbert's team going forward. Uh, don't don't have any fear that you're picking up a quarterback that's going to be supplanted. Sure, especially with Colin Kaepernick getting surgery on his shoulder today uh, on IR for the season. Um, yep. And the other add thing to, is... Add him to the list. Add him to the meat wagon. Yeah, seriously. Um, just a brutal season. But... Uh, Everybody's going to be talking about Thomas Rawls this week, and for good reason, and we'll get to him just a little bit, but Sean Drawn is really getting overlooked. He's bounced around the league, been with a ton of teams the last few years, but he's been running hard in San Francisco, and more importantly, he's been getting a lot of checkdowns from Blaine Gabbert. He's a legit flex play, maybe even a low-end RB2 in PPR right now. Uh, Sean Drawn is one of my priority waiver wire pickups this week. Yeah, uh, they pull another tough defense next week uh, against Arizona, but I expect his usage to be very similar to it was th- uh, the way it was this week. Uh, they're going to get after Blaine Gabbard. He's going to have to dump the ball off to John. Uh, he's probably not going to do very well rushing the football, but especially in a PPR, he's going to put up numbers. Yeah, and for what it's worth, uh, with this midfoot strain or whatever it is with Carlos Hyde, I-, I don't know why he hasn't been just put on IR. I mean, this is a lost season for them. Why risk their future running back? Yeah. I honestly think that we're not going to see Carlos Hyde again, again this year, and I think it's the Sean Drawn show going forward. You'd have to ask uh, Jim Tom Sula about his decision-making process. <sighs> yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I don't know if he has one. <laughs> yeah, it's called a magic eight ball. No, <laughs> it keeps saying ask again. Should I put uh, Carlos Hyde on IR? Ask again later. <laughs> <laughs> that could very well be it. I think we just figured it out. Um, <laughs> um, Anquan Bolden here though actually uh, looked okay against a, a tough Seattle defense. Um, I don't I don't know if this is you know speaking well of Sean Drown or speaking poorly of Colin Kaepernick, but Bolden, uh, if he can be healthy, uh, he limped back off the field in this game with that hamstring issue. Um, but if he's healthy, Bolden uh, back in the wide receiver three picture, maybe five for ninety three against the Seahawks is not a small feat. Somebody has to catch footballs. It's might as well be Anquan Bolden. Who? I mean, who else would it be? Tory Smith? 
Yeah, the other thing is the tight ends are getting quite a few looks. Um, so certainly something to monitor. Wouldn't wouldn't pick up Vance McDonald or Garrett Salek just yet, but if the if the volume continues to be there, they might not be terrible streaming tight end options. Yep, just something to look into, uh, especially especially in a dynasty. Now that Vernon Davis is gone, you can get him way on the you can get him on the very cheap right now if you've got an open spot. Yeah, definitely. Um, still still pretty young guys. Um. But again, uh, only if you've been desperate at tight end thus far. Yeah, I I think I'd probably like Garrett Selleck uh, over Vance McDonald myself. Uh, what about over Jimmy Graham? Because he certainly hasn't been doing anything. Mm, yeah, <laughs> he. Uh, that's oh. that's that's bad news right there. I mean, there's just not enough volume. It's like with Travis Kelsey, uh, they could be doing great things, and they're just not getting the opportunities. <sighs> I, I tell you, anybody who thought he was going to do well this year vastly overpaid for him, myself included. Oh, dear. I just had a, a mini heart attack. I saw somebody limping off the field for the Patriots with a 7 on his jersey, but it is not Rob Gronkowski. He is fine and healthy. Thank goodness. Thank you, Lord. Whew. All right. Um, okay. Thank, thank Gronk for that. <laughs> Thank the fantasy gods. I, I wouldn't want to oh uh, upset Greg. them. Um, so Seattle just crushed everything in this game. Russell Wilson, uh, you know, he's been he's been quiet as of late. Uh, he's still low on quarterback one. Certainly uh, not getting the passing volume or the rushing uh, from last year, but uh, he's still been doing all right. Um, but oh, Thomas Rawls. Um, Thomas, Thomas Rawls is a must-own dynasty commodity. He's a must-own fantasy commodity, but even more so must-own dynasty commodity. Yeah, and especially with Marshawn Lynch meeting with the groin specialist in Philadelphia, we're wait to hear news tomorrow, but uh, Rawls can be that that season changer. He can be the, the Odell Beckham of 2015. He could be yeah. the guy that just comes out of nowhere and dominates down the stretch. Definitely. Uh, early word is that Marshawn Lynch will not be playing in this next week game. Of course, there, it's a long week that can always change. Um, but uh, playing against Pittsburgh, that's it's not exactly a, a terrible offense to be running against. Yeah, and honestly, even if Marshawn Lynch somehow does recover and doesn't need surgery, uh, I, I think Rawls has earned some playing time now, even if Lynch is healthy. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Tyler Lockett here, uh, interesting to note, he was actually tied for second on the team in targets, um, got two touchdowns here. He's always had the talent. You've seen his electric, uh, you know, kick and punt returns. Uh, he's got the same, you know, route running as Stefan Diggs. And again, they just don't throw much either, much like Minnesota and Doug Baldwin, uh, did well in this game, but, uh, he did hurt his ankle late in the game. If for some reason, uh, he can't go next week, Tyler Lockett, a very nice play in daily and also a sneaky pickup in season long leagues as well. I keep saying it. I can't say it enough times. Uh, he's, he's the, he's the wide receiver to own on this team. He's not always going to be targeted the most. He's not always going to put up the most yardage, but he's the most talented without question. And the added bonus of returning kicks. I think he's a very good, uh, guy to target. If you could, you know, buy him low in a dynasty sort of format. Certainly, especially with the wide receiver, uh, you know, situation wide open after this year. I wouldn't recommend, uh, targeting him this week after the two touchdowns, uh, his owner is going to be acutely aware of those touchdowns. Very true. Um, uh, we already covered Graham a little bit. He's still a tight end one, though. I mean, despite his inconsistent madness. Just like, just like that muddled middle. I, you can't yeah. say it enough times. Touchdown dependent. Yeah. Touch dep I mean, that, if they score a touchdown, they're great. You're happy with them. If they don't, you're angry. 
Yeah, basically. Um, all right, let's move on to the Sunday night game. And actually, this week's close shave of the week uh, is brought to you by Gillette, the best a man can get. And in a Sunday night showdown against his old team, the Cincinnati Bengals, Carson Palmer had a rough start to the game, actually, throwing two interceptions in the first quarter. Uh, but eventually, Palmer settled down and finished the night with 317 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, and that included a clutch drive down the field with just over a minute left to play in the game, uh, which ended up setting uh, setting up a game-winning Chandler Catanzaro field goal. Get your close shave like Carson Palmer with Gillette Razors. Uh, you can pay less than $5 for a month of shaves with Gillette's Shave Club. Join now at no cost and get exclusive rewards. So Palmer here, uh, we talked in our preview show last week, uh, you know, revenge game, um, you know, did well against a, a Seattle defense in Seattle, must start a top five quarterback, and he doesn't, he doesn't disappoint here. No, he's, he's not, he has not been a very disappointing man this season. Uh, he's uh, stayed healthy. He's gotten the job done. Even when his uh, wide receivers hobbled, he gets the job done. Uh, found, finds Larry Fitzgerald late in the game. Uh, He's a good quarterback. There's nothing. There's. I mean, there's nothing more to say. Yeah, top five QB, uh, plug and play. Um, on running backs though, Chris Johnson has been getting the majority of the workload, but he's been superbly inefficient. Um, do you think we're gonna see a little bit more Andre Ellington or even David Johnson mixed in? I think it's always good to to see what you've got, especially when you've got a veteran like this. You're heading into the playoffs. He's got a little more wear and tear on his legs. He's come off of a, you know, 2000 yard season. I know it was, you know, 95 years ago, but he, he still does have that wear and tear on his legs. If you can get up on teams, uh, I, I think it would be smart for Bruce Arians, especially, let's say, against San Francisco. Maybe come off Chris Johnson a little bit. See what Dave Johnson can do for you. Yeah, and uh, on the receiving end, uh, they just have so many weapons that even with Michael Floyd out, they just dominate Cincinnati. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. He's got that connection with Palmer. And then uh, both John Brown and Michael Floyd, both wide receiver threes with very high ceilings week to week. Um, and then J.J. Nelson, uh, interesting to note here with Floyd out, he had a big role to play in this game, and it certainly helped that the Cincinnati, excuse me, the Cincinnati secondary got hurt and lost a bunch of guys in this game. But still, J.J. Nelson, I believe he clocked uh, somewhere in the four twos for his forty time at the combine, so certainly another weapon for them here. Gosh, I think this is a, a case of Carson Palmer elevating the talent around him, sort of like Tom Brady, except for the, those years with, uh, you know, th with Randy Moss. Tom Brady never had phenomenal wide receiver talent. You know, he, he had, uh, oh, I can't even think of the guy's names right now, but they, they there was one that was a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, regardless, um, TJ Hushmanzada was never a phenomenal wide receiver, but he was always a very good wide receiver with Carson Palmer. He, Carson Palmer is very accurate. Very effective, very efficient with his throws, elevates people around him. And look, if you're Bruce Arians, uh, what what are opposing defenses going to do if you run hail marys every single play? How are they going to stop everybody? It's difficult. Yeah, I you know honestly, you can't count the Cardinals out of any game right now simply because they have such good downfield threats. Um, even Troy Nicholas and Daniel Fells getting uh, in the game here. They're dart throw tight ends. Uh, you know, will they, won't they get a touchdown every game? But there are worse dart throws if you need a desperation start at tight end. That's true. Um, uh, speaking of, Chris Hogan with a nice downfield grab right now. 
Um, got a nice chunk of yardage there, uh, but overall, a pretty low-scoring game so far with Buffalo and New England. Uh, hope, hopefully, uh, they get the Gronk more involved. I still need a few more points to win a matchup from him tonight. A lot of football left. Yeah, and hopefully he'll uh, he'll do some Gronk things because you can only slow him down for so long. That's right. So on the Cincinnati side here, uh, bafflingly inconsistent. Uh, looked terrible against a, a Houston team Monday night, and then somehow they play up to speed with Arizona and you know kind of take the lead late in the game and then end up losing, but put up a good fight. Yeah, I, I mean, as far as your fantasy team's concerned, you you were happy with Dalton. You were really happy with Eifert. You were uh, moderately happy with AJ Green. Giovanni Bernard just stays on the role that he's been on. Yeah, and he again, he's one of those running backs that you know not the highest ceiling, but such a high floor with the receptions and the just the involvement in the passing game. And then Jeremy Hill, good luck uh, trying to guess which weeks that Geo or one of the wide receivers is going to get tackled at the one-yard line. They bring in Hill to just pound it in like three or four times. He's like the Matt Asiata of 2015. Yeah, he, he really is. Although although nobody drafted Matt Asiata in the early second round. <laughs> that That's a very true point. Um, but really, I mean, Jeremy Hill is either going to get you like three points every week or he's going to get you three touchdowns. Sounds very Bluntian. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, uh, I don't even know what to do with uh, Jeremy Hill right now. I was certainly... Well, I... What, I, what I suggest doing with Jeremy Hill, although it's sort of a moot point now that trade deadlines are all but over, is you pair him with your Giovanni Bernard and you start him when G- if Giovanni goes down. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I'd much rather have Gio Bernard as we discussed weeks and weeks ago. He has value. He, he, I mean, with, especially with all these running back injuries, this has been a season of running back injuries. He's, he's a guy that needs to be owned. Oh yeah, definitely. But he's definitely just a, a boom or bust flex player right now. Yeah. I, I, I can't even put him into a flex yet. He's so boomy or he's so busty. Boomy? He's, Busting? he's so high risk, high reward. <laughs> there you go. I knew there you'd find, find your words one day. Yep. Um, all right. So that uh, is going to basically wrap it up here for our recaps. Um, real recap. Qu- cap, cap. <laughs> oh, that's a throwback right there. There um, we go. So the waiver wire pickups here, uh, lots of them this week. Uh, so many injuries, just insane. Um, Thomas Rawls, uh, clear, clear number one. Um, give everything you can to get him. Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, yeah, and you know, I, this might go against the grain here, but my number two pickup is Sean drawn over Buck Allen. What are your thoughts on that? I think you're right. I mean, if you're in a, if you're in a dire straight and you need somebody to start right now, I wouldn't jump on Buck Allen. I don't think they have the great matchups. And I think with Flacco down, I, I don't think Matt Schaub's going to be able to lead this offense to many points. Sean drawn, they have a bad matchup this next week, but that may be work to your advantage strictly in a PPR league, I guess. Uh, no, I mean, he'll still put the yardage up from the catches, yeah, but right. I'm expecting another five-plus catch game for Sean Drawn this next week. Yeah, I've been seeing lots and lots of articles uh, mentioning Buck Allen as the pickup. Uh, again, I'm going to stand my ground here. I, I say I want Sean Drawn over Buck Allen. So just FYI yeah, uh, for those meetings. Uh, I guess I agree with you. It doesn't mean you can't to pass up, pass, you know, pass up the opportunity on him. If, you have to put claims out there. Just maybe order them a little differently. Oh, yeah, um, Buck definitely. Allen is a starting running back in the NFL. That's distinct value. 
Yeah, absolutely. You're you're putting in multiple claims. Uh, I'm just saying I would order Sean Braun over Buck Allen or, or you know bid more money for Sean Braun. I guess. Yep. Um. So then behind them we've got a, a bunch of of either timeshare or handcuff running backs. Um. If Sharkhandrick West isn't ready to go, Spencer Ware's right up there. Um, and then same, uh, you know, Robert Turbin, simply because McFadden's had such an extensive injury history, he's, a uh, he's probably have better odds to contribute than any of the other handcuff running backs. Sure. Next up in the Dallas running back, uh, Dallas running back carousel, uh, they, they missed on Seattle's first uh, release t- running back. They're going to try again on Robert Turbin. Yeah, and, uh, you know, after Cleveland cut him, too. But he looked all right uh, behind that line this week, so we'll see. Um, yeah. Also, Bilal Powell, we've seen that he's been getting a bunch of work. Again, part of it will be game flow, but he's certainly very involved in their game plan week to week uh, yeah. now that he's finally healthy. Um, and then again, uh, Ahmad Bradshaw and Zerlan Tipton. If for some reason this gore injury is worse than we thought it was, uh, he is getting up there in age. Every year he he shocks us by staying healthy, but you know, one of these years. Yeah, for, for me, Ahmad Bradshaw is uh, actually a, a little higher priority of an ad than, than uh, we're making it sound like. I, I think I'm worried about gore. Maybe it's just as a gore owner, but he, even he, he wasn't that hobbled, but they put, they put, uh, Bradshaw out there. They he scored two receiving touchdowns. Hasselbeck can throw the ball to the check down. He can make it happen. Um, I'm on Bradshaw and Sean John are two two very similar sort of running backs to me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, cer- certainly wouldn't fault you if you put him over. Uh, you know Powell or Turbin. Uh, yeah. it's all kind of a, a guessing game as to who might see more playing time going forward. Oh man, just an easy drop touchdown from Lashawn McCoy here. Hits him right in the hands. That's points. That's Ooh. points. Ah, disappointing, but that's all right. Um, I've got that matchup locked down. Uh, so the other guy here, uh, Cameron Ars Payne. Again, I mentioned real quick while we were talking about Carolina. Um, clearly, they're going to be going to the playoffs. There's, there's no doubt about that at this point in the season. Um, so it's really a question of how fresh do they want to try and keep Jonathan Stewart. I think, I think, and even I th- this, this just feeds even more into our uh, the theme of our episode, though handcuff your running backs um this guy's a fresh young rookie um if jonathan stewart gets hobbled for any reason they will pull him quickly to preserve that lead to preserve uh his his viability for the playoffs um yeah handcuffing handcuffing is more than just protecting yourself from injury it's protecting yourself from players getting pulled uh for preservation yeah and uh i mean honestly look at how many handcuffs have already uh you know made such huge contributions this year thomas rawls carlos williams sharkandrick west just tons and tons of guys um you just gotta yeah jeremy langford certainly um can't even name all of them really darren mcfadden is it was a handcuff yeah um well i i guess i that that's less so for injury. I guess I'm talking about guys who have gone down uh, hurt because Randall kind of just disappeared oh, Randall for went other down. It was it wasn't a physical injury, but it but it was <laughs> emotional. It was mental. He's very injured right now. I I would imagine if you asked him. All right. Well, um, a couple of non running back pickups to consider this week. Uh, again, Devin Funchess getting a ton of targets now in a red hot Carolina Panthers offense. Certainly worth a pickup. Um, sure. And Tyler Lockett, again, if Doug Baldwin can't go for some reason, he's already getting uh, more and more targets each week. If that keeps up, he certainly has the talent to, uh, you know, be a wide receiver too with some volume. 
Definitely. Uh, with all the buys gone, sort of hard to advocate for many more quarterbacks or tight ends as uh, all, all the ones, all the good ones are probably owned. Yeah. Um, just, just to note, you know, Blaine Gabbert does, um, he has, you know, definitely locked down that job with Kaepernick going on IR. So if you were hesitating to pick him up in a, Q, in a two QB or super flex, uh, certainly could use him now for the rest of the season. And Definitely. same with uh, Matt Schaub. We're not going to be seeing any more of Joe Flacco this year. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's true. Yeah, so uh, real quick, uh, a couple good matchups next week and a couple bad matchups. Uh, one I wanted to bring up, um, Oakland at Tennessee. We saw a terrible showing by Derek Carr and the, the offense in general against Detroit this week. Um, but I fully, fully expect them to bounce back at, at, excuse me, at Tennessee next week. Sure. On the other side of the ball, uh, it's it, he's not a secret. I mean, if he's a secret anymore, then people just aren't paying attention. Um, Delaney Walker will be started in probably 90 percent of daily fantasy lineups this next week. Yeah. Um, again, uh, Eric Ebron squandered his chances this week, but he could have had a touchdown. And so yep. and many tight ends have scored against Oakland. So I expect Delaney Walker, too. Yeah, and, and on the other hand here, uh, one bad matchup that I want to avoid, uh, a stone-cold Philadelphia Eagles offense going to Detroit. Uh, their defense heating up. Uh, certainly don't want any part of that outside of maybe DeMarco Murray. Yeah, and that's the bottom line because you said so. <laughs> I, I knew once I said that I was going to get something along those lines. I, I, I stopped listening to what you were saying and was just <laughs> hoping you would stop and I was going to start promoing, but then you kept talking and then I forgot everything I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, how awesome would it be if Stone Cold made a, a cameo at WrestleMania next year? Oh, I think he, I think he might. Right here in Dallas where who's going to be in attendance? That's right. Both, both FFA underscore Mung and FFA underscore Los will be live. And That's Jerry's right. world for WrestleMania 30. It's Jerry's world, and we're all just addicts in it. Do you think Jerry Jones will be there? I, I don't know if he'll show up for that. No, he'll probably be like making out with some teenage girl and like. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, you mean like 18 or older, I hope. Yes, yeah, something like that. Okay, okay. Well, teenage doesn't really paint that picture. <laughs> well, what was that picture that got. Well, whatever. We won't go into that right now. Oh, from uh, the. Yeah, okay. So what do you what do you got? Uh, give me one good matchup and one bad next week. Tampa Bay, Mike Evans in Indianapolis, Vontae Davis out. I don't, I don't know. I don't care which one you got on your team. You're starting Vincent Jackson. You're starting Mike Evans. I'm expecting a touchdown for both of them. Yeah, maybe even us and Safarian Jenkins. A nice welcome a little, back gift. A little SG action. Absolutely. What about uh, what about one bad matchup then? Well, New Orleans goes into Houston, and though Drew Brees has been good as of late, this Houston defense has also been quite good as of late. Um, they tried upgrading their line. Drew Brees has still been under a bit of pressure. Jadavian Clowney, J.J. Watt can get at him. Um, I expect him to spread the ball around a lot. I expect not many points to be scored by the Seattle uh, or by the by the Saints offense. Um, Brandon Cooks takes a step back. Willie Sneed takes a step back. It's gonna it's gonna be a rough one. Yeah, I could certainly see that. I mean, uh Max Unger can only do so much. Uh the rest of that line is still struggling quite a bit this year. Um, and that's basically gonna wrap it up for this show. Um good luck 
in this coming week with your matchups. Good good luck good tonight. Luck. Good luck tonight with your Monday night miracles if you need them. Um Yeah, so far uh Legarrett Blunt has been held to one half of a point. I still have an eight and a half point cushion in my in my uh in the league that I commission. So uh everybody uh everybody be praying for me. Uh shout out to you, Elkins. Yeah, on the on the flip side here, I could definitely, definitely use a Gronk smash. Uh really need six more points from him. That's it. Just six. Uh, so we'll see. You've got a whole half of football. That's 30 minutes of Gronkage right there. Yeah, all he all he needs is one big catch. That's right. All right. Um, so as always, uh, we thank you for joining us. Uh, obviously, your time is valuable, and we appreciate you uh, listening to the podcast. We hope we can help with whatever your needs are, uh, fantasy-wise, that is. And uh, as always, we are available for any questions that you might have. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M A. And I'm at FFA underscore Los. You can also follow our super producer, Dan, who you guys might have forgotten existed, but you heard from him today. He, he's a man of very few words, but very long tweets uh, at FFA underscore Dan. Uh, also, don't forget to like us on Facebook. Um, also, press subscribe in your iTunes store or in your iPod, uh, iTunes podcasting app. Have all the episodes automatically download to your uh, streaming device. Yeah, and as always, it's a fantasy world and we're all just addicts in it. No, thank you, addicts. <laughs>